Hi Church, I trust you all well. Um, wish we could all be together and meet together to hear God's word. I uh, really do miss being with everybody and being able to share. It's not the easiest thing being able to just speak to but speak through a phone or an iPad. It's uh, so much better to actually see people's faces uh, when you're speaking to them. But I'm just going to have a go at uh, sharing some things, some thoughts that have been on my mind uh, for a while now. Um, shortly after after Pam passed away, um, I did consider doing a, a meeting about heaven. Um, and I st started to prepare some thoughts not long after Pam had passed away. Um, but on that Sunday after the, um, the funeral, Simon did a, a sermon. And a message which I'm thankful for on, on the subject of heaven. So I thought at the time it probably wasn't uh, the right time to, to share that message. Uh, but Mark said a few weeks ago that there are not enough messages uh, he believes on the subject of heaven. And uh, so I thought I'd just share a few thoughts with you on the subject of heaven tonight. With a title from a, a, an old song... Uh, lyrics from a song which some of you might remember and the title is you ain't seen nothing yet heaven i would say is probably one of our favorite words in the bible because it talks about what we as believers have to look forward to in the future what heaven brings the hope that it brings and we're living in a, a world at the moment that desperately needs hope and we have that wonderful hope that what God offers us is a, the greatest hope of all. And that is, we have hope in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also have hope in a place called heaven. I wonder if tonight you're excited about heaven. You know, often we only uh, perhaps listen to meetings or sermons or when we think about heaven... It's usually when somebody has passed away and we know that that person has gone to heaven. But as believers, we should contemplate more the subject of heaven and what it holds for us in the future. And tonight, I'd like us to have a glimpse of a place called heaven. Heaven, the blessed home of the redeemed. You know, we need to thank God there is a blessed home waiting on the children of God. That is far better than anything we have ever seen down here. I would like us to join together in reading from God's word in the book of Revelation. And I'd like you to read Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 to 27. In that passage of scripture, John records the sights and the sounds of that blessed place that we call heaven. I would, like, I would like us to share those thoughts tonight as we think about what Jesus has done that we might spend eternity with him. So let's take a peek through the gates tonight together as we catch a glimpse of that place called heaven. You know, heaven is a genuine place. It's a real place. Heaven is as real today as it will ever be. The place that all the saints of God dream about. This is the place we long to be. This is the place we will one day call our home. 
Paul was taken there in 2 Corinthians 12 verses 2 to 4 and John was taken there in his vision in Revelation 4 1 to 5 and verse 14. You know that heavenly land is as real as Blackheath. It's a real place where a real God lives who will be joined one day by those who have been saved. Heaven is real. You know the night before Jesus went to the cross to die for the sin of the world he gave his disciples a glorious promise and he told them that he was going to prepare a place for them, a mansion in his father's house, in John chapter 14 verses 1 to 3. When we arrive there, we will be at home in our mansion, prepared just for us by our precious Lord. He has made that place specifically for us, his children. What a glorious place. Heaven's going to be such a glorious place, glorious in its beauty. Never has there been a city described like it in the Bible. The attempt to describe its glories is to exhaust all the adjectives and descriptive language known to man. Paul must have had this on his mind when he said, As it is written, I have not seen, nor hear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. There is no way that he could adequately describe this city and all its glory. How wonderful it must that place be. So as we begin to look at the verses tonight, I just want us to look at five very simple points that hopefully will help us to remember about what heaven is really like. Uh, I'd like us to do that by using our hands. I recently did that message where we used our five uh, forefingers and a thumb to remember that God is good. And tonight I'd like us just to remember about heaven by five, using five points to describe what heaven is like. The first point, I would like you to use your thumb. And I'd like just to read verses, verses 1 and 2 from Revelation chapter 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had disappeared, and there was no sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It was prepared like a bride dressed for her husband. So the first thought and the first point is that heaven is new. You know, in those verses it says there's a new heaven, a new earth. And a new Jerusalem. You know God created this world in six days. And we love it here. We've just recently been away for a few days in Wales. And there is some absolutely breathtaking scenery in Wales. And the, the mountains, the valleys, the beaches are absolutely beautiful. But God made these in just six days. These things are passing away. This world will pass away. Everything in this world is going. It's going to go. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Everything in heaven will be new. Everything we see on this planet was made in six days. And that we're going to a place that God has been preparing for over 2,000 years. Wow. How many new things are going to be there? 
I believe there will be so many things that are new that we just will not ever get tired of the place. Everything will be absolutely fantastic. We'll never get bored with the place because I believe every day there will be new things that we will see through all eternity. You know, there's something about having new things. We love to have new clothes. We love to have new shoes. We love to have new cars. Ladies love to have new handbags and new shoes. We all like new. And I believe that when we get to heaven, there will be so many new things that it will be unbelievable. Just think of that for a moment. Everything new, every single day, through all eternity. The new Jerusalem. How wonderful will that be? Prepared by God for over 2,000 years. What a wonderful thing that will be to behold when we see it in all of its glory. You know, we sing a song with a line that says, When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. I'm sure after 10,000 years, there'll be new things that we will see and experience every single day that we're in heaven. It will be new every day. It will never be boring. We'll never get tired of it. There will be new things to see and hear and experience every single day that we're in glory. But secondly, in verse 3 of Revelation it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Now God's presence is with his people, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. This is the second point that I'd like you to use your finger. The second word is near. The second word is near. In those verses, and I like the way that he's put in these verses, it said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now God's presence is with his people. Often in scripture we hear God say, Speak in a still small voice. But notice in heaven, there's a loud voice. There's a loud voice in heaven that says, now God's presence is with his people. God is not whispering here in a still small voice. It's a loud voice. He's telling us that he's going to be with us and he's going to be near to us all of the time. One of the famous verses of scripture when somebody dies is we say, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And that is so true because he draws near. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God, you and Jesus face to face. Have you ever felt close to God on this earth? Are you feeling close to God right now? I don't know. Maybe you haven't been close to God for a while. But let me tell you this. One day in glory, you will be so close to God. Why? Because God will be on your block, in your street, every day. Are you looking forward to that day when you will see him face to face? I am. I'm sure you are too. In Psalm 34 and verse 18, he says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. God will be with his people. He will wipe away all their tears. He will be close and near all the time. Are you looking forward to being in his presence? Are you looking forward 
to seeing him face to face. The third point I like to bring is using your middle finger and the word is need. In Revelation 21 and verse 6 it says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He will meet all of your needs in heaven. He will satisfy all of your longings. There will be nothing that you lack or want when you get there. In this life we often need so many things, don't we? But I'm sure when we get to eternity and we get to heaven, there will be nothing in heaven that we need. God will satisfy all of our desires. He will meet all of our needs, both physically and spiritually. You know, young children, especially we've been away the last few days with Jacob, and often they see things in the shops and they say, oh, they really like that. And when you ask them why they want it, they say, well, I just need it. I need it. I need that boat. I need that toy. And we often try to give them those things that they want. But it's lovely to know that in heaven there'll be nothing that we need. God will supply all of our physical and spiritual needs. And that's a wonderful thought. We'll always be satisfied with Jesus and heaven and glory. So the third point is need. I hope you've noticed that all these begin with the word N and they're all small words and the next one is just the same. The fourth point for the fourth finger is not. And in verse 4 of Revelation it says, He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain any more, for the former things are passed away. There are many things that we don't know about heaven that will be there, but we're also told about lots of things that won't be there. So the fourth point tonight is not. But I can tell you there are lots of things that are not going to be there that maybe we thought we would want to be there. And here was the list of those things. In verse 21, it says there will be no more sea, no more typhoons, no more tsunamis, no more shipwrecks. And it also says there will be no more crying. No more tissues required, Simon. Because it says in Psalm 56 and verse 8, God will capture all their tears and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. I heard a story of an elderly Christian lady who was lying, dying in her bed, and her beloved husband sat by her bedside, tenderly holding her hand. They both knew that the end was near, and that they soon would be parted. And as their eyes met, a tear flowed down the old woman's wrinkled cheek. Gently, her husband wiped it away. Then, with a quiver in his voice, he said, Thank God, Mary, that's the last one. When ties of love are broken, tears flow freely. And as, this sh as it should be, 
But as for the one thing who is going to heaven, as well as for us who remain, the parting is not final. Our heart's rest is in the assurance that one day, separation and tears will give away to joy and an unending reunion. I'm sure that our beloved brother Ron is looking forward to that day with anticipation when he's reunited with his partner Pam for all eternity and he will be with her again. But also there's no more pain. There's no more NHS, no more chemists, no more prescriptions, no more pandemics, no more doctors, no more nurses, Lorraine, no ambulances and no viruses. No more dying, no more coffins, no more funerals, no more funeral parlours, no more graveyards, no more sorrow. No more wheelchairs, no more dentists, no more surgeons, no more hearing aids, the list goes on and on. There will be no more sinners, no more murderers, no more liars, no more evil people. There will be no more threats. There will be no more removal vans, no moving out of that place because he has prepared a place for us for eternity and there is a great gulf fixed, the Bible says. No more sadness. What a wonderful place that will be. Something to so look forward to for our future. Finally, the last point and our little finger is another small word, not beginning with N this time, but having a K in front of it. And the fifth point is no. No. In 1 John 5 verse 13 it says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know that little finger is so important, that tonight that you can know that you have eternal life. Let me ask you that question. Do you know that? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you pass from this earth tonight, that you have eternal life and that you're going to this place that God has prepared for you. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11, it says this, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You know, if you get the person, Jesus, you get the place too. Have you got that relationship with Jesus tonight? If you haven't, then I ask you to do something about it right now. The Bible says in Revelation 10 verse 13, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you don't know that for yourself, call on him now. You know, heaven is an exclusive place, really. It's been created for a selected group of individuals and only those with the proper credentials will be allowed in within those gates of that city. In fact, the entrance requirements are so strict, there is only one way to get in. If anyone tries to get in any other way, 
They will be banished forever from that city. There is only one door, and his name is Jesus. In John 14 and verse 6, the only way to get into heaven is through faith in him. The Bible says you must be born again. This means that you must trust Jesus with your soul to save it alone. Religion will not do it. Church work will not do it. Being good will not do it. The only thing that will save you is that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Acts 16 verse 31 says, Are you saved this day? Do you know this Jesus? Are you sure that if you died today that you would be granted access into heaven? If there is any shadow of doubt in your mind, then I beg you, in the name of Jesus, please get that thing settled and right today. The importance of being ready is vital. I spoke to Ron this week and he read to me part of Pam's letter that she'd written to him before she died. You know, he was a great example of someone who was ready to meet her saviour and she had put everything in place before she passed into glory. But I also read of the great Bible commentator Matthew Henry anticipating that some people would duly mourn when he died he wrote some words of comfort for the ones that he left behind too, just like Pam did, that she could share with Ron when she passed away. And this is what he said. Would you like to know where I am? I am at home in my father's house, in the mansions prepared for me here. I am where I want to be, no longer on the stormy sea, but in God's safe, quiet harbour. My sowing time is done and I am reaping my joy. My joy is as the joy of a harvest. Would you like to know how it is with me? I am made perfect in holiness. Grace is swallowed up in glory. Would you like to know what I am doing now? I see God, not as through a glass darkly, but face to face. I am engaged in the sweet enjoyment of his precious presence, my Redeemer. I am singing hallelujahs to him who sits upon the throne and I am constantly praising my Saviour. Would you like to know what blessed company I keep? It is better than the best on earth. Here the holy angels and the spirits of the just men made perfect. I am with many old acquaintances with whom I have worked and prayed and who have come here before me. Lastly, do you want to know how long this will continue? It is a dawn that never fades, and after millions and millions of ages, it will be as fresh now as it is now. Therefore, don't cry for me. I'm sure Pam expressed those thoughts to Ron before she passed away. You know, Pam has passed away now a few months ago now, and I know it probably feels like an age for Ron to be without her, but I'm sure for Pam it probably only just feels like a few seconds in comparison to the eternity that she faces and that she is spending now with her Saviour in heaven. So just in conclusion, just to remember the five points that I've brought to you today. 
First of all, new. Secondly, near. Third, need. Fourth, not. And most importantly, no. I trust that you know where you are going to go when you die and that you have a great hope in that person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and are looking forward with hope to the place that he has prepared for his children. That's the end of the message, but I'd just like you to um, listen to a song, if you would. I'm going to put it onto the church chat, a song that's really blessed me over the last few weeks, and I can't get the tune out of my head and the words. And it's called There is a King, and I'll, I'll share that um, online later on. But just the last verse, it kind of sums up what we've been talking about today. And it says this, It won't be long, we will behold him, and every tear he'll wipe away. We'll be at home, the war will be over, soon we'll meet our Saviour face to face. And every burden will be lifted in his presence, and every trophy will be laid down at his feet. There is a name that reigns above all others, Jesus Christ, the King above all kings. And all our worship will belong to you forever, holy, holy, for all eternity. Yours is the name that reigns above all others. Jesus Christ, the King above all kings. Jesus Christ, the King above all kings. Amen.